I want to start out by telling you about two hypothetical people. Uh, I, I think there may be some among you who this sounds familiar to, because this I, I lifted parts of this from a sermon, uh, but it was nine years ago, so I'll be really impressed if you do remember. Um, but I just wanted to get that out there. Um, I want to I'll talk to you about Nick and Tom, uh, just as a kind of a parable example of some folks you might find in church. Nick, and, and, and the idea is that, well, you may relate to one or the other of this, these two people, maybe both, because uh, we, we all you know, have different experiences on different days. But Nick, Nick grew up going to church. His parents took him to church when he uh, grew to adulthood. He also brought his own family to church. He went to all the Sunday school classes and never missed a Sunday and um, was just that kind of diligent, habitual uh, church member who didn't miss a thing. Uh, but as he is getting on towards uh, midlife, he's feeling a little burnt out on church and church things. Um, it's not that he doesn't like it or doesn't believe, but it's just wearing him out to do all the things. Um, maybe you've been there before. Tom, our other imaginary person, is brand new to it all, to, to church things, and he's very excited about it, about the, uh, the, the, the music and the emotions it stirs up with the new friends he's made, the community at church, the, the wonderful potluck meals, what could be better than a church potluck, um, just very excited to, to go to everything that's, that's being offered, but he also finds himself with a big question mark, like, why, why is this good? Why, why do I like this? Why, you know, when the pastor talks about God and sin and faith and forgiveness, I just don't quite understand it all. I feel like this is where I want to be, but I have a lot of questions in order to believe. Well, Nick and Tom were not the names of the two men walking on the road to Emmaus. Um, but I think as we go through the story, you're going to see that the, the two, we know one was Cleopas, we don't know the other's name, but they had something in common with hypothetical Nick and Tom. Um, so you can go to the next screen for me. Yeah. I want to talk first about what I might call uh, Nick's situation, which is knowing without seeing, right? So these, these two men were walking out of Jerusalem. It, I have, I've literally preached on this passage six times since I've been in Charlotte. I've studied it many times. This past week was the first time I realized that it was on Easter on the day that they were leaving. I thought, well, maybe they left a few days later or something, but it was the same day and they, they had heard that the tomb was empty. Nonetheless, they were leaving and heading um, to Emmaus. And while they were walking, a stranger comes up to them. I mean, you heard the story. And asks them, where are you going and what's, what's going on? And they are amazed that this stranger doesn't know all of the events that have been going on in and around Jerusalem for the past week. We looked at a lot of those over the last six weeks or so. I mean, there was that huge palm procession into town with the crowds and the, the branches and the hosannas. There was the, uh, the miracles, the raising uh, of Lazarus and Lazarus walking around. Even That had happened a few months before that, but Lazarus was 
you know, talking to people in Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus was arrested, and there was the trial, and there was the very public crucifixion, all of that. And these men tell the stranger about that, and they say of Jesus, he was a prophet, mighty in word and deed, both in the sight of God and in the sight of the people. I mean, they knew and believed that much about him. They talked about the the chief priests, the rulers, the, the crucifixion. They even said, we hoped, in, in a few words, that he was the Messiah. We hoped that he was going to redeem Israel. So they had, it just reminds me of that first uh, hypothetical character. They knew all the stories, and they even had some of the hopes and dreams. And yet, they saw Jesus die. They saw him buried. And it was like it was, it was all for naught right? Burned out. This, all these things that we have learned and studied and, and seen and attended, it, it has not come to fruition, and we're headed home. They even had heard from Mary and the others that the tomb was empty. I don't know what they made of that, but they t- told all this to the stranger. It makes me think they, they had so much of the information. They had so much of the experience. They, it sounds like they were among the ones who kind of followed Jesus around and saw the miracles. And they, they said, we hoped he was the one, the Messiah. And yet they lacked something. They lacked uh, maybe the vision, the seeing part of realizing what God was doing, um, what redemption of Israel meant, what Jesus' miracles meant, what his death meant. They, they lacked some piece of understanding, of seeing uh, what was going on. And I think about Nick, uh, our hypothetical friend, and I've, I've been there, and, and I have felt it at times, just kind of giving my life to the church and what the church is about and, and, and just wearing out on those things and missing the, the fire, right, the, the vision of what is God doing in the world and with me and with the church and feeling disconnected from that. Um, and maybe you felt it too. You know, there isn't a, a road to Emmaus, but feel like I'm, I'm going to just go home for a while and sit this out. Then there's, there's a related problem with our same two friends, and that was maybe Tom's problem. I'm calling that seeing without knowing. Because the stranger was Jesus, right there in front of them. But they didn't know who it was. And he, uh, he even, and, and wouldn't you have loved to be in this Bible study, he went through all of the scripture, Moses the prophets, and he explained to them about who Jesus was using the scriptures. He, he was teaching them and explaining to them, and they're in their very presence. And he, after that, he, he begins to go on, and they, they say, no, stick around some more. It reminds me of my enthusiastic, hypothetical friend, Tom, who just wants to be around the, what's going on, even though it hasn't clicked yet. You know, can I, can I come this, this Friday night to the, the game night at the McKenzie Clubhouse? I just want to be with you people. Um, they wanted to be in the presence of Jesus, but they didn't know it was him. He even begins to have a meal with them, and he t- takes bread, this very familiar thing that he did with his followers and, and blessed it and broke it and began giving it to them. And, and we'll get to, yes, they finally saw I just think of all this right in front of them that they, uh, they saw, they, they experienced, and yet they, they were missing that, that final piece of, of belief, of faith, of insight. And I think about 
Tom or you or me who is genuinely excited to be in, in God's house and singing God's praises, but just feeling like there's, there's something I don't quite get yet. There's some piece missing. I don't know God in the way I, I need to. I hear people talking about a relationship with Jesus, with, uh, about belief and faith, and I just don't quite grasp it. I see everything going on. I'm experiencing what's going on, but there's, there must be something else. And it leads me to ask the question, would I know Jesus if I saw him, if he was truly in our midst? And we could take that literally, what if he actually showed up, would we know who he was? But we also believe God is here, the Holy Spirit is here, Christ is here through the Holy Spirit. Do we recognize when God is with us and moving, or is it just going through the, the worship motions as good as those things are? Would I know Jesus? And I want, to, I want to point out in this story what Jesus brought to them before their eyes were opened, before that moment of faith. Jesus, they had, they had ex- learned you know, the scriptures and, and who the Messiah was, and they had seen and experienced Jesus. But he, he further opened up the word to them and explained uh, through the scriptures who Jesus truly was. He gave them more knowledge. And then in those actions of breaking bread, he, um, he gave them more experience and sight. So those things, those are all the right things. I've, I've, several times I've had the opportunity to uh, speak with members, uh, you know, kids who are in college or, or adults who are really questioning faith. And um, one of the pieces of advice I give to them is, is be Nick and Tom. I mean, come... Come among the people of God and put, immerse yourself in the worship of God. Listen to the scriptures being taught. Those things, they don't all add up to equals now you have faith. But that's absolutely the right kind of ways to cultivate faith. So Jesus did that with them. He explained even further what was going on. He began to interact with them, shared a meal, broke the bread, all those things. But that's not when things happened. Um, And I love the way this passage describes this. It says in verse 31, Then, after all that, their eyes were opened. We sang that at the beginning of the service. It's a prayer from Ephesians. We read it at the beginning of the service, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, would be open to see, not not literally physically see, but to understand um, who God is, what God is doing. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Jesus, that's him. We knew about him, but this is him. He's with us. And frustratingly, he then vanished from their sight. But they had that moment of, of you know, the lights coming on, of understanding. And then I love this phrase. They said to each other, were our hearts not burning within us? We knew something was happening. And it was that they were in the very presence of, of the Son of God who was teaching them uh, God's, God's word and, and sharing with them what I guess was the second communion um, after the Lord's Supper. But they say, weren't our hearts burning? And they say, while he was walking and speaking with us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures, it was those things that cultivated this moment of faith with them. And so I want to I ask um, about faith itself. Uh, and, and first, let me define that. Uh, Hebrews defines faith for us. 
uh, and I've put that on the screen, it is being sure of what we do not know and being certain of what we do not see. Oh, now I'm wishing we had the children's sermon here. Tell you what, Christy, can you come over here for a second? I'm, I won't embarrass you too much. Let's see. Um, let's come over to Eric and, and tell Eric what we were going to have you tell the children. Now, Eric, do you believe that there is a marble in Christy's hand? Yes. Can you see it? No. Why do you, why do you believe that? Because I trust Christy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You did well. <laughs> Shall we show him the marble or not? Yes. Well, that's just the, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But yes, that's, that's what faith is. It is believing, trusting something that we cannot see and prove. And the reason we can have faith is because we trust the one who is speaking to us. Amen. Right? Because um, if I just showed him the marble, then it's proof. I believe, and he would believe it because he could see it with his eyes. But faith is seeing with your heart differently. And it, it is very wrapped up in trust. And so the question, can you trust God? Can you trust God's word to you and what God tells you is true? That's, that's, what faith, that's how I would define faith. It's, it's um, you know, where does it come from? I think it's God's gift to us. But these things that Jesus shared with the two travelers, God's word and the actions of sharing a meal with them, that was linking them to their reasons for trusting uh, in God, and it, and it stirred up faith in them. So Nick is not, and Tom aren't purely hypothetical, um, although I kind of transported them into a modern-day setting. I based Nick on the, the person in the Bible, Nicodemus. He was um, a Pharisee and um, had spent his life studying the Torah, studying the Scriptures, hoping in, uh, the Redeemer of Israel, and he, you know, he, he would have made sure his family um, attended uh, the, the, the temple and the synagogue and the, attended to the scriptures, and he was that person, but he, and, and we're not told in scripture that he was burnt out, but we are told that he came secretly in the night to see Jesus and to ask him, how do I inherit eternal life? I mean, what a question um, to ask, and Jesus spoke to him of being born again. That sounds like resurrection to me. And Nicodemus had a lot of questions, and Jesus asked him some questions. But I think that was, that was the kindling of faith in this man who would have been deemed very righteous and very faithful, and yet who was seeking um, God's vision, what God was doing. And interestingly, Nicodemus, who came so he wouldn't be seen by anybody else, he helped secure the, the burial site. Uh, with Joseph of Arimathea for Jesus, and which would have been a very public act, right, to get the, the burial site for a criminal that the Romans had executed. So we don't get any of the details, but it seems like in Nicodemus, faith had grown and had come out of this exchange and this, this teaching moment with Jesus that's in John 3. Tom is based on Thomas, the disciple, who missed out on the first time Jesus appeared to the disciples. Thomas wasn't there. And even though all the others said, we saw him and he's alive, Thomas said, I won't believe it until I can see and touch him, his, his wounds, 
his scars with my own hands. I need proof, right? I need to see and know. And, and it reminds me of that, that person who's in the right place with all, you know, with all the other disciples and saw the miracles and everything else, but just needs the answers to the questions. God needs to prove this to me, show me so that I can believe. And yet, when Jesus did come back and appeared to Thomas and, and offered for him to touch his wounds, it doesn't say that Thomas went over and did that. It says Thomas fell to his face on the floor and said, my Lord and my God. So he did have the visual proof. There was Jesus. But he didn't, in the end, like Eric in the marble, he didn't require, well, show me that marble so I'll know I was right. He trusted and he, he worshiped God. Well, I want to ask you uh, in, a, in a moment a, a question about faith. But I want to pause. I don't do this very often, but I want to share a song with you that uh, a friend of mine and I wrote a long time ago now, and it's the story of this, uh, this passage. It's called Burning Hearts or the Road to Emmaus. And um, I just want to give a pause for you to reflect on what we've talked about this morning, and then I'm going to come back to you and ask the question, has God stirred up faith in your heart, or is God even stirring up faith in your heart now? And what do you, what do, you do with that? But I want to invite you just to reflect on this story as I sing.
And so I want to ask, is God stirring in your heart now? Has God stirred your heart in faith? Do you want to follow up on that for the first time or in a new way? Do you have questions? Surely so, we all do. I'd encourage you to keep opening the Word, the Bible. Keep participating in the sacrament, the sacraments, the community of faith, the fellowship we have here. God is at work in this place and all over the world. Ask God for faith. Ask God for the faith that comes from trusting in God's promises and God's faithfulness. Let me pray for you as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us that tells us what you're like, what you're doing. Your vision for humanity, begun even before creation, not turned aside by sin and the fall, but brought to glory through the incarnation of Christ, his death, his resurrection, and on into the, uh, the completion uh, at the end of all things. We thank you that you have not withdrawn from the world, but you're active in the world and active in us. Would you open our eyes to what you say and what you're doing, that our hearts might burn within with faith to see and to know and to understand that you're with us, you're among us, you love us, and you love the world. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.